Good morning, and welcome to the Monday Call, brought to you by NZ Funds. I'm Stefan Clark, Chief Client Officer. KiwiSaver is proving itself to be a powerful tool for New Zealanders to build their savings, yet it is also often misunderstood. As a retirement savings scheme, KiwiSaver enables individuals and employers to contribute to an account that is invested by professional fund managers, such as NZ Funds. But unlike regular investment accounts, there are particular KiwiSaver rules which investors should be aware of. This morning, we are joined by expert financial advisors, Andy Brown, Managing Advisor in our Auckland office, Fiona Smith, Managing Advisor in Christchurch, and Rebecca Miller, Wealth Advisor, also from our Christchurch office, who together will share their insights and experiences from working with and advising Kiwis across the country. We will discuss why saving is so important, the facts about KiwiSaver, and how you can make the most out of your KiwiSaver account. Thank you very much for joining us. It's really great to have you all here. And, um, and it's an exciting and important topic for us to discuss. Let's kick off with um, you, Andy. But, but before doing that, uh, just for listeners to know, there are slides available on our um, website, where, um, which you can, we'll, be, we'll be broadly talking to, but um, only in very general sense. So if you want to have a look at them, um, it's www.nzfunds.co.nz. Um, Andy. Uh, tell us a little bit about the KiwiSaver market. Where has it come from and, and where is it going? Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, KiwiSaver started in 2007 and it's been uh, very, very successful, um, a workplace savings scheme. Uh, 2023 today, it's uh, got about $117 billion of um, funds under management. That's expected to grow very rapidly. Uh, up to over 700 billion by the time we hit uh, 2040. And part of the reason for that is the, um, it is underwritten by uh, employers and employees uh, contributing regularly and, uh, and government contributions. So it's, uh, it's going to be um, very, very successful and very, very important part of uh, the financial landscape in New Zealand. And so on an individual basis, what, is, what does that mean? How, how do our accounts sort of look Given it's you know that that large number you were talking about is in a, a collection of everyone's together. What what does it what does it mean individually? Well, two thousand and twenty three, the average balance is around thirty four thousand. Uh, that's expected to grow to about one hundred forty five thousand by the time we hit uh, twenty forty. But I guess when you compare that to some of our um, um, friends, like the the Australians, uh, their average balance for a, a thirty year old is around about one hundred fifty thousand. So we're sort of, uh, we're making good headway, but we're um, well behind. Righto. And, um, and what, when, when you think about um, retirement and where it's uh, going, um, tell us about what, what are the factors that, um, you know, uh, and, and how, how, how many people are um, actually participating in it? We kind of have to put our mind to it, I guess. It's uh, something which we tend to put off, uh, retirement. Uh, recent, we've had some recent surveys done, and um, uh, around about three million people in New Zealand uh, think they left to uh, work past their retirement age to afford, uh, afford their retirement, and slightly less, two and a half million uh, Kiwis feel as they they aren't on track to have enough money to have a happy retirement. And what we provide is we we do a lot of uh, financial um, literacy um, workshops, and we. We try to address that issue to, to help people 
that they were a bit more well prepared um, for their for their retirement. And just to get put things into perspective, I guess um, the the average thirty year old, uh, if they retire at sixty five now, they've probably only got enough money to um, last them nine years in retirement. So we're, we're sort of you need to think about it, and um, we we still aren't saving enough. And at the same time, I mean, it's not. Uh, new to anyone, I imagine, but in the same time, life expectancy is growing. Can you talk to what, what, what we mean by that and where is it heading? Well, if we um, think, you know, the, the traditional age of retirement is 65. And um, if, you, if you're going to retire at 65 and uh, we're, we're all living longer, we, we know that for a fact through um, medical advances. So if you're going to live for another 25 years uh, beyond your retirement of 25, that's a, that's a long, long time. And it's almost as long as being in your working life. Um, if you retire, if you're 65 today uh, and you're expected on average to live um, for males about 87 years old and females a little bit longer, it's a, it's a long time and I, uh, to be in retirement and, and helping you fund your retirement. And I guess the other side of it is that with uh, superannuation, uh, people getting older, the, the affordability of super for the government becomes an ever-increasing burden. So people need to uh, take a bit more responsibility for themselves. Righto. And so by, time, by the time we get to 2043, if life expectancy continues as we, we think it will, not only will you live to 89, but you'll also be living you know, as a female in uh, 80, 87, but longer. That's right, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah. So I think from from um, memory, it's ninety two years for um, for for females, which is you know another three years of retirement savings that you need to take into account. That's right. Yep. So New Zealand has New Zealand Super, which is a universal um, uh, entitlement. Can you talk to you know how much that covers and um, and and you know what where um, where what what that means? Well, firstly, when you turn sixty five, we, we we're all entitled to super, uh, but I guess um, super superannuation is quite modest uh, for a single person. Um, they'll get around about thirty thousand dollars a year. And uh, those, uh, and and that, that sort of decreases a little bit for a couple, but at the end of the day, um, uh, uh, superannuation is modest. Um, it's worth about uh, three hundred dollars um, to to a couple, or a little bit more for an, for a, a person who's uh, a, a single person. But it's uh, it's a small amount, and it's um, and overlaying that is that uh, the, the form of super may be, may not be round in its current form. Uh, the the um, the affordability of super to the government um, is becoming is becoming a burden, so we need to take responsibility uh, to uh, save for our own retirements. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get our super, uh, but uh, we need to supplement it with something else. Right, and it's not guaranteed for future generations that they will indeed get their super. Although um, you know that is a hotly debated topic, and I understand that the retirement commissioner, for example, is, has been looking into it, including the age of entitlement. But um, but, uh, you know, if, if you're looking down the barrel 40 years from now, it's hard to know um, what, what that will look like um, and what proportion of uh, uh, the average person's, um, I guess, income needed during retirement will be supported by superannuation. So, I think that's you... a really good point, Stefan. I think 
um, you know, some numbers we've, we've had in the past in terms of research from our client base is NZ Super will cover less than half of what most average people will spend in retirement as a couple. So um, you do need to have, have something else in place for sure. Yeah. And, and has that changed? I mean, in your time and in, in, in the profession, how, how, how have people, you know, have they changed uh, yeah, their mindset I, thinking about it? I, I think originally it was around about half of what people are spending. Now I think it's even less than that. So I definitely seeing a trend um, and also people typically spend a lot more in the first 10 years of their retirement may ease off after that or may be directed into different types of spending. When people first retire, they tend to spend a bit more on travel and things. And then perhaps if they get older, it might be diverted to helping family or, or help having health issues. So it doesn't necessarily drop, but um, yeah, certainly NZ Super is not sufficient on its own. Yeah. Okay, well, Andy, how do, how do, how, what do we do? I mean, and how do we compare? You, you mentioned some of our... Um, our, our friends in other countries, what are the steps we need to be taking? Well, here in New Zealand, if you're in KiwiSaver, the, the, the minimum you're saving is um, 6%, uh, 3% from yourself normally, if you're a wage, wage earner, or th and 3% from, from your um, employer. But we are behind our, our, our peers out there. Um, Australia, United States, and the UK are saving towards 10% for their employees. And uh, they started. They had. They've been into their savings regimes for a lot longer than New Zealand. So, you know, we, we, it's a great start. Uh, 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 but we would suggest that um, we need to be saving more. And the magic number we come up with is, you know, we'll save towards nine percent, nine to ten percent, will um, help ensure uh, you're on the right sort of track. Obviously, that depends on the age. You are, and uh, how, how long you got, and what your, your investing time horizon is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, Rebecca, would you mind taking us through KiwiSaver at a glance, and just sort of where you think, um, you, you know, your take on the the, the regime and, and what to what we should be making from it at this point. Yeah, thanks, Stefan, and thanks, Andy. Some of these initial facts have been been touched on in, in Andy's um, part of the presentation. So 2007 was, was when KiwiSaver started, and so it will be about 16 or 16 years old, around about July this year. But a lot of KiwiSaver, uh, Kiwis are a part of a KiwiSaver scheme. So about 60%, 3 million Kiwis are, are enrolled with, like Andy said, the current balances of all the Kiwi savers being a very high number between that 80 to, to 100 billion. That makes the, the average balance for a Kiwi around about $25,000. Um, our Kiwi saver, our average balance is a bit higher, 36,000, which is really typically due to, to the advice that we give to our KiwiSaver members. So all of our members have, have access to advice and, and we do provide that education around contributing more than more than the minimum of the 3%. So it is just a, a good reminder for everyone to, to make sure that you are checking where your KiwiSaver is, is at and that you're not um, still stuck in a, a default scheme that might be uh, not appropriate for you at this stage and, and get your balances up. The main... Fantastic. And, and the benefits of KiwiSaver, I mean, why, why have so many 
people taken to KiwiSaver, it is optional. You can opt out um, at, uh, at least at one point. Um, what, what, are, what, is, what is the reason someone would join? Yeah, so there's, there's some really huge benefits of KiwiSaver. The main ones are the extra contributions that come through. So your minimum is, as an employee is to contribute 3% and your employer also has that responsibility to, to contribute a minimum of 3%. And then over and above that, you, you get a 50% um, return from the government for, for your first $1,042 that you contribute, they contribute 50 cents. So a lot of additional contributions flowing through to KiwiSaver, more than just your contributions, which make it hugely beneficial. It's also really tax efficient, the KiwiSaver scheme. Um, the, the prize, the tax rate is lower than a normal uh, investment tax rate. And it, the components of what is made up of schemes um, are tax efficient as well for your shares and dividends and um, overseas income is, is nice and efficient. Plus an, another major benefit of KiwiSaver is you can use the balance to purchase a first home, um, which can help with getting that deposit together. Yeah, and so younger people who are thinking, well, I don't really want to you know, start saving for my retirement, seems so far away because I've got other goals, starting a family, building a house or buying a house, um, whatever it happens to be, they can still access those funds. And that means it's, you know, setting up the account um, isn't actually a, 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 an inhibitor. Is that that's right? It, it keeps a lot of um, discipline around it as well, having those funds still available for a first time, but not touchable for, for other um, shorter term goals along the way. It keeps people on track for those goals. Yeah, and we'll, we'll no doubt talk about this in a little bit, but the way you think about investing um, when you've got something in mind, for, such as a near-term purchase, like a first home, is can be different. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but it's an important point to note that, you know, um, it's, uh, while you might be looking to buy a first home, um, how you think about where your funds are invested at that point or at this point in time, um, uh, uh, you, you need to be mindful of that. Uh, Stefan, just to... A comment on the uh, zero tax. Uh, it's often a very much un misunderstood or not known fact that uh, investing uh, into uh, portfolio investment entities, which KiwiSavers are, it's incredibly tax effective. That's right. And, um, and, qu and quite a powerful um, tool when compounding returns. What do you mean by tax effective? Can you take us through what you mean by that? Oh, well, tax effective means, um, uh, for example, if you're investing in New Zealand and Australian shares through a pie, you don't pay uh, any tax on capital gains. And um, pretty pretty much all dividends carry uh, imputation credits, which are like um, a credit against your, your tax liability. So effectively, there's no tax on New Zealand uh, shares and Australian shares. Uh, for international shares, there's a slightly different uh, regime. You, you pay a, it's called the fair dividend rate, where you pay a 5% um, standard return. Uh, you pay tax, that's your income, you pay tax on that. Uh, so the tax rates are very, very low and you can compare that to um, investing in something like a term deposit where you're paying um, you know, the full tax on the income that you earn. Right, and so do pies themselves have a preferential tax um, rate? Oh yeah, and, uh, that's another great point is that uh, the, the, there are varying rates which uh, you can of tax that you pay as an individual. Um, the top, top tax rate uh, being 28%. It's all driven by how much income you earn. But you, you know, if you, you won't pay any more tax than that. So if you're in a 
uh, 39% tax rate uh, there's a there's a massive advantage yeah. and and if you're at a 33% tax yes. rate anything above 28 becomes a, a tax benefit which you by investing through a pie um, can you know uh, ultimately contributes to your long-term returns most KiwiSaver schemes are pies but but not all of them and so it's um, when you're thinking about your scheme um, it's a good idea to to keep in mind, well, how 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 is my scheme structured? Great. Okay, Rebecca. So KiwiSaver's got some rules that apply to it. Can you take us through the the high level ones and what we need to, as investors, be mindful of? Yeah. So so the main rule is that all of the funds are locked in until you're 65, which is the current NZ Super eligibility age. So uh, a point on that is is if at the moment. If they do lift eligibility age for NZ Super, KiwiSaver legislation goes with it as well. They can sever the two off, but that's that's how it is currently set. So unable to get to the funds until that age, unless you are drawing for a first time, uh, have financial hardship, serious illness, you permanently leave New Zealand, um, or you, you die and it's as dealt with as per your will. You can um, put in place a savings suspension once you've been a member of the scheme for a year, and that's allowed to for up to uh, between three months and, and one year. You can have that suspension, and, and you can roll it over if you are um, suffering hardship or you want to save, stop your savings for any reason that can be put in place. Righto, but in which case, do you do you continue receiving your employer and, and government contributions if no, you do that? Those, those contributions stop as well, so it can um, dramatically impact that that retirement balance. Righto, okay. And so, what what when we think about the contributions that are made, um, we, we we at NZ Funds have tried to um, do a comparison about what that might look like for a KiwiSaver investor versus a do-it-yourself investor. Um, you mind taking us through where our modelling got to, and and you know what what was the I mean what's the big thrust of it? Yeah, so the 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 big um, outcome from it is KiwiSaver is extremely beneficial, mainly due to those additional contributions that you get through. So if you were a DIY investor saving three percent of a seventy five thousand dollars salary, um, you, there's definitely some good compounding of savings throughout time. But when you add in your additional contributions from your employer and the government um, over a 30-year period, you've, you've nearly got double the, the outcome um, in, in your uh, savings pot. So there's a, a huge benefit for those extra savings. And um, when we do this modelling, we're always very generous to the DIY investor and, and give them higher returns and lower fees and uh, those sorts of things. But even when those... Um, are taken into account that the benefits of KiwiSaver really shine through. Right, but it does require a long-term outlook, right? Definitely does, yes. And then, and then you, you, you see that um, the effect of compounding really, really um, uh, uh, significant. And so what does that mean for people who are looking to buy their first home? Yeah, so, so again, if you were joining KiwiSaver at, at 20 and looking to buy a home at 30, so after 10 years, if you were saving just 3% of your salary yourself and, and earning really good returns, doing a great job investing, you're still not as well off as if you were making those contributions into a KiwiSaver. 
because of those additional contributions from your employer and the government. So again, after the 10 years, you can you can end up with almost double the, the amount that um, you might have end up, ended up with if you were doing it on your own. So that can that can be a huge difference um, in that Kiwi in that first home deposit and type of type of property you can buy and, and when. Yeah. And then also there's an, I mean, another group, which um, I'm sure many of the listeners on this call will be was for the self-employed. So people who aren't salaried, how does, what does that mean for them? Yeah, there's, there's even benefits for, for those people who are not working or, or are self-employed uh, due to the government contribution of the dollar up to 1,042 of your contributions. So um, over a 10, 20, 40 year period, those contributions can, can really add up. Um, there's only about $4,000 of, of your own money going into a KiwiSaver, 500 of the government's, but over 40 years with that compounding return, it, it can um, lead to about 350000 of of retirement savings. So it's, it is, there, there are some really good benefits even without the employer uh, employee contribution of the three percent coming through as well. The criteria yeah. around that is being eighteen years old plus. Um, so you know, even somebody who's a student, or um, you know, we've got plenty of clients that are self-employed. We encourage them to put ninety dollars a month in, and um, that gets them the, the full government contribution each each year. So it's a fifty percent return on your money. It's a real no-brainer. Or you might be just taking some time off work. Perhaps you're on maternity or, um, or parental leave of some kind. Um, other times when people might um, not be working, but uh, there are benefits there. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I think too, um, under NZ Funds, we, we send out a little bit of a reminder to, to everybody once a year just to say, you haven't quite put in enough to get the full government contribution. Do you want to add a little bit more to make sure you, you do? I think that's a really good benefit as well. Yeah, because it, it does reset every year. So making sure that, that you're on top of it each year is, is important. Great. And so you mentioned compounding. Um, take us through what, what you mean by that and why why is it such a powerful um, tool and, and it obviously shines through in over longer periods? Yeah, it's an extremely powerful tool and it's it's really having time on your side and um, having those returns add on to each other each year. So as an example, um, if you were to invest $5,000 each year for 40 years and, and sit in um, a growth strategy, so we use ours as an example here with our since inception returns of 7.14%, of even though you're only putting 5,000 of your own money away after 40 years, um, if it was not having any returns, that would add up to 200,000. But with the power of compounding returns in the background, it ends up being over a million dollars. So there's, there's always gonna be ups and downs along the way, but with the, the average return over that time, um, it's, it's over five times what you have actually physically saved as an outcome and returns and, and that's before any government contribution is, is added to it or employee matching of the three percent is added as well so if you've got that that long-term time horizon um, the, the compounding is, is huge 
and it would be obviously more sizable if you did have those contributions from the government and yes. um, and the employer. So yes, much more. Yeah, uh, uh, when you look at the start, it's sort of hard to imagine. You know, that's looking that far forward um, as an individual, but the the numbers, you know, uh, uh, speak volumes. So, um, okay. so and that's um, even before we we talk about the the value of financial advice, which I. I think is is coming up next and making sure that you are in the right type of fund uh, for your your age and stage so there's been, been a few studies shown um around the value of financial advice one of them that that we look at is it shows that a three percent uh annual return could be added just by receiving that advice making sure that you're in the right type of allocations uh, and you're regularly reviewing it and just ensuring that your savings rates are, are in line with your goals. So it's 3% each year doesn't sound like much, but again, with the compounding over an investment lifetime, uh, it, it could be 250 times, um, 250% more, so two and a half times more savings at that retirement. Yeah, which is huge, right? I mean, 250% more from someone who, um, when when you come to, uh, it gives you a lot more financial security. Fantastic, Rebecca, thank you so much for that. Okay, so Fiona, would you mind taking us through um, making the most of your KiwiSaver account and um, and the choosing the right strategy and, and things to think about as you're reflecting on what you can do to, to maximize um, uh, for you and your age and stage and goals and, um, circumstances, how to use Absolutely. your KiwiSaver account. Absolutely. Um, so I think that flows on really nicely from the value of getting advice. Uh, as advisors, you know, we're the ones that help out with asset allocation. So probably stepping back firstly from that is actually looking at your provider um, and what your provider offers and what their points of difference are. Um, so using NZ Funds as an example, we offer both passive and manage, and active management in our KiwiSaver space. So we have different strategies depending on um, what one prefers. As an example, passive management for those that aren't sure is essentially replicating an index and then active management where your managers will be more actively trading. Um, the idea around that is to actually beat the index or beat the beat the benchmark. So, so we have different options in that space. So, see what your provider offers. Um, you know, do they have different uh, life cycle options? Do they do responsible investing? There's all sorts of criteria you might want to look at from a provider perspective. And then, probably what's more key is the actual asset allocation. So. Some questions to ask yourself in terms of whether you've got the right mix is, um, you know, what your time frame is. So how far away is retirement? Um, and then um, probably, you know, if you're younger, are you going to be using your KiwiSaver for a first home deposit? Uh, and then considering things like volatility, how comfortable you are with, with um, the value moving up and down. Um, and, and then picking the strategy that actually reflects where you are. So, for example, if you're a first home buyer, you want to be in a, in a very conservative fund if you're going to be using the money in the next one or two years. What you don't want to happen is have your balance fall just when you're about to take it out for a first home. So that impacts what uh, level of deposit you might have. 
So making sure um, you know your, your advisor will give you um, advice in that space. And then seeing what your other investment options are if you're if you are in KiwiSaver for retirement. So whether you are in a conservative fund, a balanced fund, uh, a growth fund, or whether you are in a life cycle type fund, which is, will be more age and stage appropriate. So um, as I said, you know NZ funds do have a passive uh, balanced fund, which is fifty percent income assets, fifty percent growth assets. Plus we have um, our actively managed uh, options, which are uh, income, inflation, and growth. Uh, predominantly, we have a life cycle option, which 90% of uh, us and our clients use. Um, and really, that's more appropriate probably for, I would say, 90% of people um, leading up to retirement because they've got such a long time frame. And just to sort of, I guess, look at that in terms of numbers, uh, if you are on a $75,000 a year inflation-adjusted salary, um, you know, if you're in an income strategy for 35 years, you could potentially have 360000 by 65. If you're in a growth strategy, you can have $1.3 million at 65. So a, a really material difference there. Um, but you need to be able to, I guess, uh, stay on the roller coaster ride if you are in a growth strategy because it will be more volatile. It will go uh, up more, but also down more than being in, a, in an income conservative strategy. Uh, if you've got time on your side, then you should be able to sustain that, but just making sure that you are comfortable with that. And again, that's where the advice um, side of things kicks in. And that, that's a huge difference in, in the outcome after 35 years of just asking a, a simple question as to whether or not you're in the right scheme, it can, it can have such a dramatic uh, impact to the final numbers. Yeah, it was interesting when uh, COVID hit, originally in 2020, when markets dropped away 25 to 30% share markets um, I'm referring to here, uh, you know, a lot of people panicked, um, moved out of the growth KiwiSaver schemes into a conservative scheme. Unfortunately, they... Um, essentially made that move when they'd already taken the drop and the, the recovery came really quickly and they weren't in the growth scheme for that initial part of the recovery. So, you know, um, having an advisor that can hold your hand through volatility as well and actually make sure that you can stay the course, that's quite key also. Yeah, that, that, the, the challenge of um, looking through more choppy periods uh, is, 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 I think, is often difficult for investors. But when you wind back through time, you can really see how share markets do just keep over the long run, continue grinding higher and higher and higher and higher. And they, you know, returns are episodic, people say in the industry, but um, you can see it borne out um, here where over a 35-year period, I mean, what was it, 360,000 compared with 1.3 million, I mean, that is a huge wedge, a huge difference between the two. Um, but it does require you to take um, to accept that there, there's there's a journey in, in the process, and um, and that it uh, that um, there will be moments along the way. But um, but that's the risk and reward concept that people often yeah, talk to. Yeah, risk and return go hand in hand. They're a trade-off, and um, the antidote for volatility is time. So if you've got the time, then um, you can afford to actually ride through that volatility. Fantastic. So you mentioned life cycle. T take take us through what that is and how how we yeah. think about it, and then what are, what do others do? Yeah. 
So, um, and our KiwiSafe scheme uh, has received 90% plus of our clients um, and ourselves are in the life cycle option. What that means is that you are invested across the income, inflation and growth strategies according to your age. And the theory behind that is that the younger you are, the more growth oriented you can be because the longer your time frame is until you can actually, one, access um, KiwiSaver and two, you know, use it right throughout retirement. So it's unique in the marketplace in a couple of ways. Um, it automatically rebalances every year. So up until age 55, you will have 85% growth, 10% inflation and 5% income. And each year, it will rebalance back to those numbers until you're 55. And then from 55 onwards, it will annually rebalance and actually start reducing the growth allocation. Now, it's, it differs to others in the market. Um, one of the main um, differences in other life stages type, type options is that it doesn't have you cashed up by 65. Because unless you're planning on having a really big 65th birthday bash and using your entire KiwiSaver fund for that, then you need to make sure you're invested for another 20, 30 plus years because your KiwiSaver is going to last you that long. And so you need to have a growth allocation right the way through. So um, that's that's a really unique point of difference as well. It's not cashed up at retirement. You still have a reasonable growth and inflation allocation. Right, so through retirement, not to retirement. Exactly that, exactly that. And the automatic rebalancing each year too means you're um, buying low and selling high because you're reallocating between the different strategies. So that's another um, unique point of difference for us. And that rebalancing occurs pre-55 too, doesn't it? Correct, every year pre-55 as well, back to that 510.85 I talked about. Yeah. Fantastic, okay. Um, So uh, the um, other thing is research talks about that Kiwis um, need to save more. Can you take us through what that, um, you know, what is the optimal saving rate and how we yeah, think about absolutely. that? absolutely. Um, well, I think, Andy, you touched on it earlier in terms of what New Zealanders are doing compared to our counterparts in Australia, the US and the UK. So we're doing 6% as a minimum now, 3% employee, 3% employer, bearing in mind that the employer contribution is also taxed. Um, and that's well behind the eight ball. Uh, you know, Australia doing 10%. Research shows that, as Andy said earlier, um, we need to be doing 9 to 10% of our um, gross income in terms of what we should be saving. And the the longer you leave it, the higher that percentage becomes. So the earlier you can start, again, referring to the impact of compounding returns, um, the, you know, that 9% figure will be more relevant, but the longer you leave it, the higher that will need to be. Yeah, so as I said, we are lagging. Um, yes, you know, KiwiSaver is absolutely great. We've now been in it almost 16 years, but um, we are behind our counterparts. So we do need to do a little bit more. And some of the options that we have for doing that, uh, you could do your 3% um, employee contribution, you could up that to 6%, which then gives you a 9% contribution each year, which will be um, a long way to actually meeting potentially your wealth target or what you might need to do to, for a successful retirement. 
Um, you can do that through, through increasing your employee contribution. Uh, through payroll, you have the option of three, four, six, eight, or 10%, but you also can do it voluntarily. Um, and that's, I, I guess, another option when it comes to what we look at is um, do we want to actually lock that extra 3% away? Do we want to do it into um, another investment vehicle that has a little bit more flexibility? So still sticking with the 9% theme, but doing your 3% into KiwiSaver um, along with your 3% employer, but that extra 3% actually putting it in another um, investment. We have what we call a wealth builder uh, fund and it replicates our KiwiSaver uh, pretty much exactly. It has the same life cycle approach, but what it doesn't have is the, um, I guess the regulated controls around accessibility. So by saving your extra 3% into a wealth builder product, you'll actually have uh, options for accessing it prior to 65. So I'm gonna take me for an example. Um, my husband's a few years older, if he retires, uh, and I'm under 65, I won't be able to access my KiwiSaver. And if I want to retire too, um, I need to have availability of funds. So uh, I save my minimums into KiwiSaver and put my extra into a wealth builder product so that I can have that flexibility. Yeah, we, we also know life changes along the way as, as well. And so le leading up to that retirement age, if something does change that you do need, access to funds, KiwiSaver can be um, a, a big process to get access to, so that Wealth Builder just gives that the flexibility around that as well. Yep. So as I said before, you can do it through payroll with your KiwiSaver, but with Wealth Builder, you just set up an online payment. It's all controlled um, through you know, online access, all your transactions, so you can control it totally at your end. The idea is still that it's a long-term investment because it is, for retirement, but as Rebecca said, something happens along the way, at least you've got access, accessibility to some funds. And the other thing that, just linking it back to something you said earlier, if the age of um, eligibility changes, then those funds continue to be available, right? But it might be that it's not 65. Correct, that's exactly right. Okay, um, fantastic. So, um, Tell us a little bit about the technology that's available nowadays. How does that, how do you think about that and how does that help you help clients? Yeah, so um, with our KiwiSaver, um, all of our KiwiSaver clients have access to an advisor. An advisor will contact them each year to make sure that um, they don't have any questions or concerns to make sure that they are in the right strategy still, that um, it's still age and stage appropriate for them. Um, and then when we, we look at um, KiwiSaver clients coming to us, new KiwiSaver clients, or perhaps ones that want to transfer from another scheme, um, we take them through what we call a savings advice tool. And that tool goes through some of the questions we talked about earlier in terms of what is your time frame for using your KiwiSaver? Are you likely to be using it for a first home? And also how comfortable are you with volatility? So it goes through and asks you some really simple questions and then it will help guide you um, into picking the right scheme for your situation. Yeah. So it's a really useful tool. Yeah, it, it then prompts you into how much are you saving for retirement and asking those questions around is it enough? Could you afford to save a little bit more? And then is, is there a, 
a more suitable watch and then KiwiSaver for those additional savings. Righto. And so when when you're talking with a client, you'll take them through the concepts within there and um and let and and I guess the calculator that enables them to think about that and they'll um it'll inform how they then I guess look at their day-to-day -day, uh, spending habits yeah. and savings approach. Is that right? It also offers some really good um, projections or future looking at it as well in terms of what the future value might be by making changes to their contribution level right. and also different uh, options in terms of uh, choosing your funds. So if you're in an income fund versus a growth fund, some of those numbers we talked about before, you know, a million dollars difference over a 35 year time frame, you know, that's really powerful to actually show what that looks like. Fantastic. And um, it's not the only tool you use, though, is it? Tell, take us through no, Wealth so, Plan. Um, from a private wealth perspective, we have a Wealth Plan technology tool. Um, that's really great. It actually offers three different, um, I guess, options for us, depending on our clients. So, for example, if a client comes to us, they've sold a business, um, they've got you know a million dollars to invest. Uh, they don't actually have any requirements from it from a drawdown income perspective. We will um, do some risk profiling with them and create a portfolio based on that. And we can show them projections uh, as to what that look, might look like. We can show them volatility up and down. We can show them um, you know, different asset classes and what, and what the outcome might look like based on all of those. We have a, um, a savings space tool as well, which is really excellent. What it does is it's for those people that are um, in their working stage of life. Um, we help work out what their wealth target is if they want to retire at a particular age and how long they want their money to last for. And then we, um, probably more importantly, is once we've got that wealth target, it helps work out how they might meet it. And KiwiSaver is part of that, as is a wealth builder. Um, but there's also lots of other um, components in terms of you know, how much they might spend, um, mortgages, you know, repayment of debt, savings, future sums, all those sorts of things. Right. Uh, and the last version of the tool is a um, spending-based tool, and that's for really for people that are near or in retirement, and they're in the drawdown phase. The wealth accumulant accumulation phase is generally done with and um, we work out how long their money might last for. So uh, again, it's a really good tool. Uh, our clients love it because it's interactive. They can see the results basically on the screen. Um, and we plan for all sorts of events too. The technology uses historical returns um, and that includes the likes of the global financial crisis so we know that will always be events we just don't know when and, and you know what they look like but there will always be something so we plan for volatility along the way as well and I think one of the most important parts is is that we don't just set it up once and and leave them to it for the rest of their their retirement or their savings time frame it's it's a ongoing relationship that we're constantly updating for for things that do change along the way Absolutely. And so when you're modeling someone's future out, suppose you're a saver, I, I don't know, you're age 55, you're thinking, oh, blimey, it's not that far away now, um, starting to perhaps get, um, you know, uh, uh, turn your mind to, well, where am I at? What, 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 what can I do? What do I need to do? Um, I, I imagine along the process of unpacking all of this, you, there's some light bulb moments. Is, 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 how, how do you think about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the wealth target can sometimes be a little bit daunting, but um, that light bulb moment is actually sort of almost working through the different ways that they can reach that wealth target and making it not as perhaps scary as it what initially might seem. Um, tougher, at, you know, for those the longer you leave it, but as I say, the, the generations coming through that have been in KiwiSaver right since day dot um, will be certainly further ahead but we'll be able to guide them as to, I guess, uh, funding their retirement over and above what KiwiSaver might mean for them. Yeah, I think one of my favourite light bulb moments was a younger couple who came in um, and they had purchased a, a first home and, and she hadn't had a chance to change her KiwiSaver out of a, a conservative income strategy. And so um, it was the, the most easy wealth generation I could uh, do for them just by simply changing the tool to having her KiwiSaver and an income into, into our life cycle process and it, it gave her an extra million dollars at retirement. So uh, such an easy conversation and, and change to do for a, a huge difference in outcome. And then also it takes into account, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know other assets like if you've got um, the house and um, what you might do with that when you come to retirement uh how 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 do, it's not just financial assets is it no it's lifestyle assets as well so um you know asking clients the questions in terms of you know what it is they want to do with their current home do they plan on downsizing um you know, will they release equity from it uh, do they have rental properties you know how that how that fits into their retirement plan um do they have a business that they're selling in the future um potentially inheritances, although we, you know, planning around inheritances is not necessarily the best thing, but, you know, it might be somebody that that uh, certainly pretty assured that they're going to get something, so we can build all those into the picture as well. Right, and it provides a, a, a pathway forward and, and sort of a broader insight. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Um, all right, well, thank you, Rebecca. Fiona, Andy, um, it's been a great session. KiwiSaver is obviously going from strength to strength and it's going to be a big part of the, um, I guess, the financial infrastructure of New Zealand for the foreseeable future. And um, as individuals, uh, you know, I think we've talked about some important ways for us to make the most of the account that we, or the, you know, the large majority of us all have. And then what ways to think about, well, what do I do to, um, to save in addition to that, knowing that, uh, the contribution rate. Six isn't enough. Um, if we if we want to be having a fully funded retirement, uh, you, we need to be higher than that. But it doesn't mean you have to put it into KiwiSaver. You can use other tools to do that. Um, so thank you for your insights. It's been a great session and um, and have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. This has been The Monday Call, brought to you by NZ Funds. New Zealand Funds Management Limited is the issuer of the NZ Funds KiwiSaver Scheme, the NZ Funds Managed Superannuation Service, the NZ Funds Advised Portfolio Service, the NZ Funds Wealth Builder, and NZ Funds Income Generator. A product disclosure statement for each is available at nzfunds.co.nz. Past performance is not necessarily an indicator of future returns. 